Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mean Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. gonna go ahead and apologize up front for uh like any stuffy nose type thing that's happening right now um you know so like we had the fun uh but yeah no aldo in this one and no greg it's just me solo right um new year's eve eve last uh friday of december what am i doing well you know i'm podcasting you know the way it goes um so yeah like uh the last you know it leading up to to the final days uh of Christmas uh, the, the week before Christmas right you know the whole family is feeling under the weather sick kids are sniffling um you know everybody's sick family that's in town they're sick and I'm feeling fine I'm the only one that can breathe I would kind of joke that way right like look at me take a deep breath and all that good stuff and then right about you know Christmas night started sniff sniff sniffling uh, but I feel fun, right? You know, like uh, powered through it. It, it. it was not bad. I had like three days of a stuffy nose, but I'm all right now. But I, you can still kind of hear it a little bit right now, so uh, that's why I mentioned it. That's why I'm apologizing to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Some things happened, uh, and we're gonna talk about it. Um, number one, right? I, I think the the stats, the questions I get, texts. Um, from people are focused in and around the football squad, right? So the basketball squad is in full swing, two games in conference play, and I want to talk about that, you know, because I have some uh, hot sports opinions about the uh, about the loss to FAU. So we'll get into that uh, in a second. But right now, we're going to talk about football. Right? Football is king. This is, uh, well, this is a Texas program. I'm not in Texas, but, you know, uh, that's how it works. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, they they officially signed some uh, some coaches to do some coaching, that kind of thing. Uh, it's not a whole lot of um, I would say news, right? You know, I think everybody that was rumored to do it uh, to be a part of the whole deal is there. Um, no surprises. Some of those things got leaked. You know, uh, are they? <laughs> Are they surprising? Not really. You know what I mean? Like uh, that that they got leaked. It, it's kind of weird sometimes uh, when people try to get ahead. There's a, there's a few people try to play a little, uh, <laughs> a little um, you know breaking news guy. They're trying to be breaking news. Like sources have confirmed to our little site over here that uh, it's actually this guy. And then like a day later, they're like, all right, here are the people that are announced. I mean, what what did we gain by maybe being rumored uh, to to have got this coach like two days before? I don't know, you know. Um, so, you know, like I said, more staff finalized. Matt Capone, defensive coordinator, cornerback coach. Jordan Davis, offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach. Brian Keegan's head coach. He's a head strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Colby Cratch, assistant coach, linebackers. Justin Owens, director of recruiting. Right, That's the big one. There's a lot of stuff about, um, you know, who – 
is hired uh, and what their connections are to Texas, you know, high school. Uh, everybody cares about the recruiting. It's a big deal. Uh, and, you know, fun. I, I think uh, <laughs> I am a little bit more, I don't want to say like uh, cynical. I'm not cynical, but I'm I'm just a little bit more knowledgeable of the world, you know. And so I'm not super moved one way or another about, you know, like that connection. I think it's good. You know, just don't don't get me wrong. I think it's very good that North Texas is establishing, you know, connections to the high school, um, you know, pipelines, that kind of thing. It's always the name of the game, right? Recruiting is the lifeblood of the thing. You can, you can get anybody, you know, you can, what's the word? You can coach up anybody, and that's that's half the game. You're going to have to develop guys on there. Uh, Eric Morris talked about that, you know, like the value of doing that kind of thing. Uh, but you also have to get guys in, right? And, you know, you, you see it on Twitter. People are like, oh, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, focusing on all these salesmen. But then when the guys get there, they don't, you know, develop them. That happens too. It's a balance, right? You need, you need to convince uh, players to come in, and then you need to keep them there. And then you also you need to develop them into better football players. And all those things help each other, right? If you're out there developing guys, if you're out, you know, then, then they go to the NFL or they go to the, you know, uh, uh, they have a great experience here. They're going to have a great connection here, and it's going to be easier for the next guy to come in, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at Patrick Cobb's picture right here. You look at that guy, right? Um, a North Texas legend. He loves the university. Uh, he had uh, a successful time. He was a North Texas Hall of Famer. He went to the NFL, played five, six seasons over there, had a ton of success, and he's been a part of more success in as a coach, right? He's, he's over here developing the next guys and keeping that going, right? So it's all connected. Um, just let me let me run through the, the other staff that was hired. Drew Savabata, special teams coordinator and assistant head coach. Chris Gilbert, tight ends coach, assistant head coach. He has another, uh, he was, you know, uh, um, a Texas guy, UT guy, and uh, you know he had a, a, a lot of connections to Texas high schools. The big thing, Patrick Cobbs, just mentioned him. Sean Brophy, quarterbacks coach and assistant coach. You know, uh, and then Rolando Surita, chief of staff, assistant uh, assistant over there. Right. That, that's the thing about this thing is that we can expect more staff. Right. Uh, there was a couple things. There's a couple uh, factors leading into this. Wait, one that's just necessary, right? You might have read. Uh, I forget what uh, was it the was it the con guy? I forgot who who wrote it. Um, but you know they were talking about recruiting in the G five level, right? SMU has an army of staff members, um, and then comparing it to Alabama and how the name of the game nowadays is not just facilities, right? It's who do you have? It's it's like you have ten guys, you know, doing media stuff, ten guys preparing the the official visits, you know, a handful of guys looking over, um, you know, tra the transfer portal, and doing this and that. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done, and you know, the staff to do that kind of thing is one of the areas in which teams are competing, programs are competing, right? Um, so you know, Jared Mosley was saying, yeah, can we please get uh, <laughs> some of your money, please donate some money because we got to hire some people because we got to build a building and we got to put those people somewhere and you know this that and the other and all that's true 
And so, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't part of the uh, the negotiations, but I bet there was talk about that. Like, hey, Eric Morse is like, look, this is what we need to compete nowadays. You know, I, I'm sure you probably said, yeah, over here at Washington State, we have X or N number of staff. And I know for certain that Texas Tech has N number of staff and that, you know, I've talked to these other guys and they tell me that Texas and Texas A&M have, you know, N plus 10, N plus 20. And we need to be somewhere where we're at least competing with the AAC, that kind of stuff, right? All that stuff is, is you know, I think somebody said benchmark. We benchmark a lot of these things. You got to know where you stand. And um, North Texas against Conference USA was competitive, very competitive, right? Uh, Facilities-wise, uh, staff-wise, that, that whole deal. deal. But you're competing against the AAC, and they have more money. Let's be honest with it. It's not tiptoe around it. They got more money. And, uh, you know, they, they're using that money, um, you know, to hire staff and, and, and compete a certain kind of way that you're going to have to do. Right? You're going to have to uh, compete in this with the same kind of staff, the same kind of uh, communication ability, the, the breadth of knowledge, the data, you know, gathering, the whole deal. So that's all coming. Um, I think, uh, you know, like, as far as all that's concerned, I think Eric Morse has hit it out of the park. Uh, that's what we expected him to do. He said he's building an unbelievable staff. I think there was a, a brief hiatus with, uh, you know, lots of stuff happening. I think the diehard North Texas fans uh, were, you know, eagerly awaiting some news. And that's why, you know, you get the, the whole, uh, hey, look at me, I'm a breaking news guy stuff. Um but I think what was always expected, if you read our site, you listen to our podcast, that a lot of that stuff would come out a little bit later just because of the situation, right? You know? um, and, it, you know, it, it wasn't just talk. Every coach comes in and says, we're going to have an unbelievable staff, the best staff. There's going to be hungry guys ready to compete, ready to develop you, the, the whole deal. And, you know, you have to see, well, is it going to really be that? Uh, there was an initial surge of enthusiasm behind the names announced. Um, the names retained, I think, uh, today, uh, Vito tweeted, and I think he was, ref I forget who it was or whatever, you just look up the tweets, uh, that, uh, I think Jennings, the, the, the safeties coach is still going to stay, uh, which was, you know, a possibility, you always figure like one or two of the current staff, uh, would stay on a, on a little change like that, but obviously the, the head coach wants to keep, um, you know, you just want to keep one or two people to, to maintain, you know, give a connection to the current players, but he wants to bring his guys in. Right. And so I think there was a lot of praise for like Luke Valerius, uh, you know, Randy Clements, uh, all the guys that left, uh, Mike Blush and, you know, even like Tom mean or guys like that. Uh, a lot of praise for those people. And, you know, it, it's time to move on. Right. It's, you know, you need some, some people, some of his guys, so there's not even that little hint of possibility where it's like, yeah, you know, we would have done it this way last year. There's always that, right? Um, so I, I don't think it's bad. You know, it, it's in some ways it's good to to be, I don't want to say harsh with it, right? Um, you know, just you look at the facts of the matter. Um, North Texas didn't win any conference championships uh, with the previous staff. Uh, they, there's a lot of... There's a lot of accomplishments, a lot of things to be proud of, but, you know, you can say, hey, well, that's the goal now. We want to win conference championships in the AAC. That's what we're looking at. So let's do it. 
Um, and, you know, like in, at that point you say, well, you know, we had our shot as coaches, as staff members, and it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but we gave it our best effort. It's time to move on. And you can all part as friends, that whole thing. Um, and so, you know, because I've seen it a little bit like, oh, North Texas is kind of losing some people. Or like, oh, you know, like I think everybody liked Adrian Mays, you know. Uh, but, you know, I think it it's just time to move on. And that's fine. There's no no harsh feelings. Um, so, all right. So that said, um, you know, like where, where are we are? Is the recruiting happening? Is there people being recruited? Is, is the unbelievable team coming in? Uh, Moore said he wanted to be a little bit more, I was a little more diligent, uh, a little more patient, you know, so we expect more stuff to happen in February. All these guys are just getting officially signed. And, you know, so it's also the end. I moved last year. I was looking at my, my one year ago picture. I moved from there to here, right? From South Texas to the Midwest. Uh, last year, on this day, I was driving up. And, uh, um, you know, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like, I had moving stipend and the whole deal. Uh, but it's still not easy. Just all of the things that are involved, right? By the way, I also, like, saw my house the, for the first time in person on January 2nd. I don't recommend doing that, but, um, you know, like, circumstances being what they were, uh, it was the best option between, like, the pandemic, trying to save a little cash here and there, and then, you know, trying to trust the realtor. Uh, I mean, I, our house is nice. We, it's, it's, it's whatever, but I don't necessarily recommend that as a strategy is what I'm getting at. Um, so everybody's kind of doing that, right? You know, you hired, I think what Patrick Cobb's the only one that's, that's been there, you know, Janice, but even that, that little week or two, it was a little bit like, oh, you know, where are we going to, you know, we're here, but will we be here? Do I, should I start looking at jobs? You know, should I change my profile on Twitter? Uh, should I start just liking random coaches tweets? You know what I mean? Just, you know, just little, <laughs> little flirty flirt with the, <laughs> the possibility of having a, to get another job, that kind of thing. Uh, it creates a little uncertainty. Uh, you lose a little momentum in trying to recruit. Um, that whole thing is just weird, right? So my, the point I'm getting at is that if you're not seeing immediate, you know, action, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? You got, um, y you could, and I, I think Eric Morris hinted at this, and I vaguely remember it because I wasn't, like, directly following UIW at the time, but you could just, you know, get everybody, right? Get You know, take whoever. And fill up the class and say, look at us. We just got all these dudes. They're all dogs. I'm excited about them. Uh, we're going to go compete. They're hungry to start. You know, just the whole deal. You can say all those things you say about them. Uh, but in reality, you don't have a lot of those same relationships. You're taking a lot of flyers and a lot of dudes. And it could be great. And it also could be bad. We said on the show before, a long time ago, but I'll repeat it again right now. Um, you know, like, you're hoping for a third at best, of of a given class to be, like, starters. You know what I mean? If you can get a third of them to be starters on your team and not just depth, then you've done a great job. And then, you know, like, half of that to be all conference. You know what I mean? Just, like, you know, anything like that is just, you know, superb. Um, you know, it's it's probably going to be one or two. And then, you know, like, the, you want the third to, to, you know, you're hoping for starters there, right? And then the rest is like stay on the team. About half of them are gonna leave just for one reason or another. It just it just kind of happens. Um, but you know, at, at best case scenarios, like we have depth, we have some starters, and like two guys that are like all all conference, maybe more, right? 
Um, they're just just a numbers game. So if you don't necessarily believe in any one of these guys, uh, you know, the, you that you're even getting less than that that you know like best case scenario there, um, and it has pro you know it, it has consequences for your program down the line. So it's better to take you know a f- fewer number of guys, but guys that you're sure about, so that way they're better part of your program. Um, you know, good character guys that whole deal are gonna work hard. The whole you know, just everything. There's a lot of everybody. It just good fits for what you're trying to do. That believe in what you're trying to do. Um, that's better long term, right? And um, I don't I don't hate it. <laughs> you know, like you said, that's that's one good thing about getting a guy that has head coaching experience, right? He's learned from that kind of deal before he whether it's right or wrong he's at least known something about it and says you know what let me let me apply some of the knowledge i got before and sure that was at the uiw uh you know uh um, um fcs level but i think it that's it, even more uh important right because it, it's seemingly easier to say well we'll just take any talent at the fcs level because talent will equal wins because talent is scarce and that kind of stuff but you know like you know it has consequences for your program um Anyway, so I, I appreciate that the dude is, is considering the long-term health of the program. Uh, I mean, he's talking big talk. And again, you got to filter out some of that press conference talk. Uh, a lot of it sounds the same, you know. Um, you know, I just want to be here forever. It's a great place. It's going to be a monster. I'm excited to be here. My family's excited. Just the whole thing. Now, that's not <laughs> not true, but everybody says the same thing. So it's kind of, we'll see what happens when you've been at the job for five years, right? Um but you know he's he's talking long term like he wants to be here for a long time and he's at least approaching it that way by what we can see of his actions and also you know what you know just kind of what's what's what he's getting at right the things he's saying um by the way he was at the at the game uh <laughs> based on the on the camera looks at him it looks like he's uh experiencing a little bit of the schmoozing that is required of the head coaching position uh, he didn't look too thrilled with it. I don't know. I wasn't there, but there's a whole lot of, and hey, look at Eric Morris and then the guy talking his ear off and he's kind of smiling. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. That's the most enthusiastic smile, but that's part of the gig, man. You got to You're the head coach. You got to go golf with people that you don't necessarily want to golf with. You know, it's not your buddies all the time. It's people that just, uh, paid for the privilege of being in your presence. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So, so far, so good, right? We're excited about what's happening. I was looking a little bit at what we can expect offensively from him. Uh, just here's a, we don't know, right? But like Western Kentucky threw the ball 29 times a game, I think it was this year. And I think they were one of the most explosive offenses. They had a, a very good run game. Uh, did I say it? They, they ran the ball 29 times a game. Uh, they had a, a very good uh, run game, like in terms of yards per per uh, attempt, uh, I liked what they did. They were effective running the ball. They had a you know, talented running back. They had a, a great QB though, right? And then last year, same same kind of deal. Uh, Washington State this year ran the ball was it twenty eight times a game, and like Mike Leach's Mississippi State ran the ball about twenty times, <laughs> twenty two times. You know, like over the last five uh, years in his time at Mississippi State. So compared to Mike Leach, the the purest air raid out, out there right now, uh, you know, just throwing the ball all the time. Uh, 
running the ball about ten more times a game, eight to ten more times a game, um, is more <laughs> more times a game. And you know, it's uh, I don't know. If that's what we can expect if you look at our most air raidy type season under Graham Harrell, Seth Latrell, year one. North Texas ran the ball thirty-two times a game, All right? So that's three more times than Western Kentucky ran this year, and you know uh, about you know like I said, four more times than Washington State ran it under Eric Morris. Um, so I you know I don't know what we're gonna see. Uh, I don't I don't think it's gonna be the forty-nine times a game we saw in twenty twenty-one that uh, we saw North Texas do, but a lot of that was circumstance, right? Seth Luttrell was like it was about thirty two times a game. They hit about thirty six. I think this last year was about thirty five, thirty nine, something like that. I forget exactly what the number was. But North Texas liked to run the ball and they were effective doing so. And they mostly took what the defense was giving them, but there was a there was a big emphasis on running the ball. And I think that's fine. I don't know that Eric Morris is gonna have the same kind of emphasis, and I think that's fine as long as they're still effective, right? There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, and I, I don't think that we care so much about how. We've seen a lot of 600, 700 yards of offense. Um, that's all fine. We want to see points, and we want to see wins. Uh, so that's what that's what matters to me. Um, but, I, you know, I, I wrote a post, and I was looking at the roster, which you got there. I wouldn't absolutely hate it if they went forward with, uh, I mean, technically they still could go forward with Ani, right? You said he's in the transfer portal. But, uh, you know, that, that just means he's in the portal. It doesn't mean that his scholarship is rescinded or anything like that. He could always just return to North Texas. So that's a possibility. But, it, you know, you got Ani, you got Ruder, you got Grant Gunnell, you got J.D. Head, you got Stone Earl. Any of those guys, I think, with the right kind of coaching, and it's a new guy's job to do some of that coaching, um, and it's a new system that should be a lot more quarterback friendly, maybe we see some stuff there and they are a little bit more effective. Maybe it's a guy that comes in. I don't know. Uh, I think one of the things that we liked about this hiring, we, we wrote about this too, right, is that um, uh, at UIW, I think they got John Copeland, right? John Copeland, uh, solid guy. He's about six foot, you know, like very FCS type, you know, uh, stats and, and, and resume. And he threw for like 6,000 yards in his two seasons there, set a bunch of records. Um I think he threw for like 44 total touchdowns, right? Very air raid, like, you know, like plug-and-play type quarterback in that he, you know, he threw for 3,500 yards and like 24 touchdowns, like 10 interceptions. I, I don't remember the details exactly, but those are good, but like compared to, you know, Pat Mahomes, uh, Bailey Zappi, those are not outstanding, right? It's not, like air raid will, will boost your stats up a little bit, and that's fine. So he tried to transfer and actually didn't, you know, nobody... Nobody took the the offer, right? So, you know, they replaced him with Cam Ward. He came in, and he threw 47 touchdowns in one season and, uh, like, 4,700 yards or something like that, right? So he broke those records. And, you know, he he went with uh, um, Eric Morris to Washington State. And then UIW, using a lot of the same system, got another guy, Lindsey Scott, and that dude threw for, like, 60 touchdowns in one year and then, like, 5,000 yards passing. So... I think we can expect, or we we see a guy, you know, he's bringing in a lot of same coaches, a lot of same philosophy, what they're trying to do. Um, is they're happy to throw the ball, number one. Um, you know, they're, they want to see a lot of touchdowns. They want to see a lot of points and a lot of yards. That's what we expect. Uh, I think 
I think that's a possibility. Is that on the roster? I don't know. And then even if you're saying, I'm not saying it, it's you saying it. Even if you say, well, the guys who got on the roster are limited. I think you can kind of expect a John Copeland type year. Or like if you say, well, Cam Ward wasn't even that good and then you translate. Well, Cam Ward threw for like 3,500 yards and like 25 touchdowns this season. That's not bad. I think Mason Fine had a couple seasons looking like that and we were praising him. We were excited about it. Right? Um, that's not a terrible year to have. Uh, I mean, Austin Ani threw for a lot of yards this season. Um, you know, he, uh, you look at it, it's, if we had another Austin Ani type season with another guy, maybe reduce those interceptions down a ton. But uh, uh, in terms of yards and, and touchdowns thrown, that wouldn't be bad. And that's in line with what we expect. North Texas was a conference title game participant. And if you even if you want to say, well, they didn't deserve it, we're not even that good, they beat that good Western Kentucky team, right, that won the New Orleans Bowl and looked real good, had like 600, 700 yards in that game. They beat them at their home, right, you know. They took care of business over there, and they blew them out. Uh, so North Texas deserved what they got. And they also deserved what they lost. And that's what we're asking Eric Wards to build on. I think there's there's – materials there to do it. So I'm excited about that. The, the other side of the ball, we talked about this a little bit, is where the questions are, right? It's always the case when you have an offensive-minded head coach, you have to find somebody that can do, uh, that can compliment you and do the deal on that side. Um, this Capone guy, he comes from a system and a, a program at Iowa State that had success stopping, you know, Big 12 offenses, right? Like your Baylor's, your Oklahoma's with Lincoln Riley, um, you know, uh, uh, even like a Texas Tech's not that good, but like a Texas Tech, they have success. They've had success stopping good teams, right? And that's good because the AAC has a lot of high-scoring teams, right? That SMU-Houston game, I know Houston's not going to be there anymore, but that SMU-Houston game was like 77 to 65 or whatever. Um, we saw what SMU did to North Texas. Uh, and I think we had a lot of praise for Phil Bennett, you know, rightly so, do him. Um, but I'd like to see, I'd like to, well, I'd just be honest with you, I'd like to see fewer games allowing 300 yards rushing, right? The facts of the matter are that North Texas got randed all over uh, by, uh, I like saying they randed, they got randed all over by um, Boise State. Uh, you know, that dude had, you know, 178 yards, whatever it was. Uh, they got ran all over by UTSA in the championship game. Uh, that dude had 148 yards rushing. I think it was like in the first half he had that amount. Um, UAB ran all over him. Uh, UTSA in that first October game ran for like 250. UNLV, I don't even want to say that game anymore, but they ran all over North Texas. And then SMU broke a lot of tackles on the way to win, right? Um it, there's room for improvement. There's a lot of guys there. You know, KD Davis is going to be leaving. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, Quinn Whitlock is going to be gone. Uh, so you look at what's there. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. You like to see some girth along the defensive line. Some, and there's not going to be that, some game changers, right? Like the Murphy Twins are kind of what we're talking about. I don't mind renting a future P5 kind of guy, right? A couple guys, another Murphy uh, set of twins or something like that would be fine by me, you know? 
get a couple guys that, that wreak havoc, would get a lot of sacks, and then go play at UCLA. Whatever, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I think definitely North Texas needs more of that. Uh, you know, the, the, the push up front wasn't really there. And, you know, like maybe that scheme, maybe, maybe this Capone dude comes in and, you know, they have a superior scheme or like the scheme is simpler to understand. That's a big part of it, right? Just another note about coaching a lot of this stuff. Uh, one, you know, going back to my, my like of the, the air raid offense, it's, it looks fun. You know, like I said, I, I grew up, uh, I was like, you know, 10, uh, uh, 11 years old, whatever it was, you know, when like the, the Cowboys and, you know, Aikman and Irvin, all that stuff, there was a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust. And it was always, you know, amazing to see like some of those run and shoot teams, like the Falcons started doing that. Uh, um, a little bit like June Jones coached over there at the Falcons. Uh, they're just throwing the ball all over the place, right? The 99 Rams, you know, watching them just throw the ball all over the place. That was fun. Now everybody does it. Now you watch the NFL, everybody's kind of doing that now. So, you know, it's it's different. But, uh, so, you know, I started following, like, Texas Tech when he's throwing the ball over. And I follow a lot of the, the stuff about it. The The crazy thing about the whole system is that it's it just common sense. It makes a whole lot of sense, right? It was like, uh, instead of having... 1,000 plays, right? And we have this limited practice time. What if we practice concepts, you know, and um, we only have a handful of plays, we're just running out of different formations. So the defense, to the defense, it looks very complex. To us, it's very simple, right? And we can call them the plays faster, we can signal them in, you know, Mike Leach is signaling the same signals all the time and still throwing for 4,000 yards. Um, and then also empowering his players, trusting his quarterbacks, trusting his players to go do, you know, what they need to do. Saying, go out there and, hey, I'm telling you, run, you know, um, uh, was it Blue 92 post wheel? But you think about that, if you find something better, run that. Run the ball if you think that's the best play, right? Uh, uh, check out of it. Do something like that. I think that's great, and it, it gives you – uh, gives your offense versatility and dynamism, and you know it's fine. If you're like, well, no, you need a lot of complicated plays. Maybe yeah, I think you need certain answers for certain things. Uh, you know, checks against your own tendencies, that kind of stuff. I think that's what like a Lincoln Riley's done. A little bit of Eric Morris, like a Neil Brown. They've added some wrinkles, like Dana Holgerson has mixed in a lot more runs. Some of that circumstance, some of this, this and that and the other. Um, but, you know, they, it's coaches dealing with the problems in front of them is what they're doing, right? And I think what what's cool about this offense is that, you know, like, uh, I was thinking about, like, basketball, right? Like, calling a pick and roll, like, the basic pick and roll is the same. It's very difficult to beat when you got Luka running the pick and roll, right? Um, you change some things and, like, you know, be, as players get better, as this, that, and the other happens, um, you know, like you, you change some things on the backside, like, well, instead of having this guy rolling from the short corner, now we're going to have him stand at the three point line. Well, no, they're ready for that. Now we're just going to have him interchange or we'll screen the screener. We'll do some spin, pick and roll. You do different things to set up the basic action, which is still a pick and roll, which is still the most dangerous, uh, playing basketball. Right. Um, and so you go back to, to football, like you still have, we'll still run mesh. We'll still run, you know, uh, this uh, the sale concept. 
We'll still run, you know, eight, the switch route, but we'll get into it differently, right? We'll mix it up with just a little bit of a RPO look, with a little bit of a pulling guard. It looks like, you know, GT counter, but instead it's still mesh, and we're just doing it with an RPO or, or a pass, a pass uh, option run or something like that. Just mixing it up just a little bit. A lot of the same stuff there. So that way our players still can execute at a high level and they have a lot of reps and they can do it. Um, and we're not, you know, we don't have just a lot of garbage, you know, like uh, um, um, jack of all trades, master of none kind of deal. Uh, so I like it. I, I think I can buy that philosophy. I'm a fan of it. It's it had proven success. Uh, I mean, you look at Sonny Dykes out there in the college football playoff. Um, it's basically everybody in the, in the college football playoff right now. You can win with it, right? Obviously, you need superior athletes. Obviously, you need a defense that can go stop people. Uh, but you also need to score, right? So, um, I like the I like the hires. They give some excitement, and that's that's a good portion of what North Texas needed to write about now. I think everybody in the fan base that I can see, I'm not out there measuring anybody, but you know they're excited, right? Much more than they were um for more of the same and that's the name of the game is that unfair yeah a little bit but that's the name of the game it's an entertainment business you know um and sometimes you just kind of want to hear a new song i was <laughs> i was listening to a lot of uh christmas music this this christmas season and uh i don't know if i can listen to um uh, story of rudolph sung by a, just not even any anybody else right i mean not even my kid she was walking around humming and i was like, you know hey baby how about i give you a cookie and you stop singing that song. It's like, yeah, sure, Dad. Um, what else do we got? Uh, all right, so that's thirty-three minutes on football. Is that good? Can we talk some hoops now? Can we talk some basketball? I know I mixed in some basketball already, but uh, we'll get into it. Um, uh, you you probably watched like I did the uh, FAU North Texas game. Uh, that was a huge game. In as much. As FAU is a good team, it was an early season test. It was at home in Denton. Um, you know, it was like an A, B game. You know what I mean? Like it was a resume game. If you thought that North Texas was going to get a uh, a chance at an at-large bid, um, lots of stuff, right? I know some people were like, I don't know, FAU's that good. They didn't beat nobody. They only played that Florida team that one time beat them. Well, I thought FAU was good. The preseason advanced numbers were good. I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of reasons. I don't want to convince you of it. Um, we knew what they were, right? Last year in Boca Raton, they uh, um, FAU gave North Texas a shock, right? They, they, they were playing them close. I don't think North Texas had a great game. Tyler Perry didn't really have a great game. And, like, Mike Forrest, FAU's dude, had like two or three shots down the stretch. I forget the exact details, but he missed them, right? They just couldn't hit that final bucket to put themselves ahead. North Texas escape would have won. They probably shouldn't have won. Uh, it was a lot of similarities to this game, um, but I think we were all proud of North Texas preserved the win streak. They stayed in that win streak. Um, it was clutched down the stretch, this, that, and the other. Right? A lot of good stuff. Um, they, didn't, they really didn't play well in that one. I think uh, a couple guys had turnovers late, just, you know, um, North Texas won a game where they didn't play well. We felt real good about that, right? Showed a lot of grit, character, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, f from that point on, I don't think FAU really recovered. They had just lost a uh, crunch time loss, heartbreaking loss at Western. And they came to that one. I was at home. They felt good about it, and they lost that one too. 
you know, they, they ended up not making a whole lot of noise, but you can see that they were, you know, making some, some noise, right? They're in that second tier. They're nowhere near the, the Louisiana Tech, North Texas, UAB, uh, even Western Kentucky tier, right? That conversation. They're in that next tier, not really ready to challenge, but, you know, if you, if you slept on them, they jump up and beat you. This year coming in, brought back basically the whole squad, including and then adding the, the, the was it Gaffney kid? And, you know, they, they, they're solid, right? They do what they do. They have that four-out four, four out motion kind of offense, driving kick, dribble drive kind of stuff. Uh, they run a lot of the same stuff North Texas does, but I think the key about them is that they just, you know, they're, they're happy. They know the roles and know what they need to do. They get in their offense and they execute it, right? Uh, so that, that sort of concerned me in, in the way that, you know, every, every team's, you know, plan is just a little bit of a concern. But North Texas has such a good reputation defensively that, you know, I felt like North Texas would sh- shut them down a little bit. And they did. Um, I forget what what they were averaging coming into the game, but North Texas held them to, what, 46 points? Or 50, 50 points, right, whatever. And, um, you know, nothing different there. Uh, and it's kind of remarkable. we got to give the, the, the defense, again, the coaching staff, the players, especially the players, full credit for continuing on the tradition of defense that has been a part the major you know reason why north texas has won a share of three straight conference titles right uh defense first defense wins championships and it has won championships literally here at north texas and um you know so they did a great job there they went on that normal little you know very very trademark north texas run where you know, like it's back and forth, back and forth. Maybe you have a little lead, but then, you know, one guy makes a shot, uh, they get a stop, another guy makes a shot, and it's a stop. And you look up, and you're like, man, how did North Texas jump up? And how are they up t- five? And that five feels like 10, right? And eight feels like 20. And, you know, y- you start pressing, North Texas tightens the screws, and they win, you know, and you're like, how did that happen again? How did we only touch the ball three times, or whatever the case may have been, right? And that's it. And it certainly looked like that was the case. Uh, big shots were hit, uh, big buckets, big stops. And, you know, North Texas up by nine, whatever it was, with four minutes left. Abu Usman gets injured. Uh, he, he gets fouled out. And uh, I don't want to say an injury. I was reading the, the Cardinals uh, hard knocks thing is floating around on my TV. I saw Kyler Murray, and I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah, injury. Um yeah, so Usman gets fouled out, and I mean, we'll acknowledge the referee performance uh, without blaming the refs or anything. They they call they you know, whatever. It was not great, but whatever. Um, so Usman fouls out, and you know North Texas has to just maintain, right? You have enough of a lead. You've been doing well. Um, you have to. This is you know part of situational basketball. You have to play. And prepare for, like, Usman to be fouled out sometimes. Prepare you not to be there. What are your plans? What are your options? What, a, what have you practiced, right? So uh, I don't think it was unreasonable to expect North Texas to hold that lead and to execute and to find a way to, you know, get a win. They did not do that. And I don't think that it was bad offense that saw them, you know, the rest of the way. 
Uh, I want to say it was like Huntsbury got a good look. Martinez got a good look within the flow of the offense. And the ball just didn't go in, right? Shots that like a Drez would have made or has made or did make in uh, championship seasons that even, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, dude from East St. Louis, I can't think of his name right now. But that he made, you know, I think it was that classic time when he went uh, – 0 for 7 through the game and then in the championship game. And then in overtime, he hit a big clutch three. And, you know, it just – North Texas has come up with huge shots throughout their time. And it hasn't always been Tyler Perry. But in this case, it wasn't even Tyler Perry, right? Nobody was making the shots. North Texas went over for a good portion of the game. And, um, and uh, you know, like, FAU finally hit a shot. I think Mike Forrest got him, like, actually ahead or whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, there was some ticky-tack fouls in there. I think Matt Stone fouled somebody. Uh, you know, whatever. It's not his fault. Uh, they were calling it close, but y- you can't foul shooters. They didn't, North Texas is not doing a great job early, but whatever. They played great defense, so uh, because they lost, the one or two mistakes that happened as part of every game stand out more, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much to make it seem like that was the cause of the game because it wasn't. Um, but like Ruben Jones shutting down Mike Forrest, uh, making him look like he didn't want to shot, forcing him into a shot that he didn't want, definitely, blocking said shot, and then drawing a pushing foul on Mike Forrest. Now, I think you saw some uh, neutral fans were like, eh, that was a questionable call there. I don't know about that, but whatever. North Texas had another shot. Ruben Jones missed the front end of one and one when when North Texas was down two. And that just emblematic of the kind of, you know, last four minutes that they had. It was just, it was, the opportunity was there. It was not taken advantage of. And, you know, lesson learned. Got to take advantage of those opportunities. But it, the fresh, the furthermore frustrating thing is that you know, they were getting looks at the basket, and they have been getting looks at the basket. Uh, Martinez, Jaden Martinez, right? Tyree Eady had a few in the first half. Uh, Kai Huntsbury, same kind of deal. Like, I, I didn't like a couple of the possessions ending with Tyler Perry chucking it up at the basket uh, after doing some over-dribbling and after, you know, it looked like North Texas didn't really have an option, right? I don't mind if after going through the offense – running the play, uh, the ball finds Tyler Perry in, you know, somewhere where he wants the ball, where he can go to work and get a shot with, like, five, six seconds left on the on the clock. That is a normal part of college basketball offense. You know, that's that's what you do. Every, every good offense has a, here's our initial look, here's our secondary look, and then if all that breaks down, we're going to get the ball to our scorer, uh, in, you know, one of his favorite positions, top of the key, you know, free throw line extended, wherever, right? Maybe you would a clear out if that's how he likes it, maybe in pick and roll action if we think that's where we find the most success. Whatever, that's that's how you run the offense, and that's good. Um, we said this before, we don't really want to re- need to rely on Tyler Perry hitting clutch shots for every possession, right? Like, all right, we'll have 50 possessions in a game, he'll take 50 shots off his back foot falling over, right? Is that what we want? Uh no, it isn't. And you know, he didn't he didn't hit the shots he normally had and he, he got hurt a little bit late and he was kinda cramping up. Um but that's why they got a Kai Huntsbury, right? That's why they got a Tyree Eady, that's why they got a Jaden Martinez. Guys that are 
are experienced scorers in college basketball, right? Uh, I think all of them average 10 to 15 points a game uh, at their previous stops. And, you know, I I didn't love that. I think it was like a, a dribble, dribble, right? And then um, I think Matt Stone ended up with the ball, and he looked like he couldn't get rid of the ball fast enough. He pumped fake to, like, every one of his teammates and then just kind of tossed the ball over to, I think it was Ruben Jones, who tried to attack the basket. And, I mean, he's still kind of finding his rhythm after the, after the injury coming back. And he lost the ball, right? And that that's how one of the, the late clutch possession possessions ended. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of room for improvement in there, right? Like, what are we doing when we don't have Tyler Perry? Uh, it can't be just, you know, let's take turns dribbling at the top of the key to try to create space. Uh, and I think that's been a weakness for North Texas for a while. And that, that weakness has been covered up by Javion Hamlet. By Tyree, uh, by Tyler Perry, um, and others, right in in crucial moments, and uh, I mean I don't know that there's enough time in the day, and this is this is the whole thing right about criticizing like the offense and that whole thing, is that North Texas has played their hand, right? You know they 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 had cards dealt to them, and they're playing the cards, and the the strategy it's been stated, right? Like yeah, we want to maximize every possession. And focus on everything. Like we we feel like other teams are are treating possessions cheaply, and we want to treat them um, like they're very precious. And so we want to be deliberate on offense, and we want to you know be you know uh, fight for everything on defense. And we feel like we can win that way, and that's been proven, right? So I think this is one of those cases. This is one of those scenarios where like, well, uh, it didn't work out, right? And so what we're really asking them is like you're asking for is like what what backup plans do we have, right? Um, because good teams force you into your backup plans, right? Option B, option C, option one A, one B, one C, the whole deal. Um, you know, I don't know that North Texas has a whole lot right now, right? And and that that's concerning. Um, you know, like everybody's gonna say, all right, let's take away. Tyler Perry, and then you know, let's take away Usman. What well, you know, we can we can take away Usman by like kind of uh, compressing the the paint a little bit. We'll put maybe you know Perry in in tough situations by limiting his driving lanes, and then we know that he likes to take this kind of three. Once you've taken those two things out, well, now you've left everybody else open. So everybody else has to make those shots. That's Matt Stone. That's Edie, that's Huntsbury, that's Martinez. So that's Aaron Scott. So that way, that's Ruben Jones. So that way, Perry and Usman are not getting, you know, hacked inside and they have more freedom to operate. That's just basic basketball, right? Uh, I mean, the first time I saw it and kind of blew my mind is when I was a kid. And I'm like, look at Hakeem Olajuwon in the paint. And then you try to double him, he kicks it out to Kenny Smith and Kenny Smith hits a three. I was like, well then that means you got to leave Hakeem Olajuwon one-on-one. He's cooking everybody in there. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, that. that's that's it. And that it's basketball. It's it's uh, how it works, right? You double a guy, that means somebody else is open. And you can be clever like Texas Tech that runs all over the floor and, you know, will fly at you. And, and that, that enthusiasm defensively makes it harder to find those threes in rhythm the way you want. But, you know... FAU wasn't playing defense like that. 
they were good. But they were not flying around like that. And, you know, I, I think North Texas has been struggling to find the rhythm that they need uh, and the comfort level they need uh, to score the way they, they need to, um, to challenge the, the top-tier teams. Uh, it, I mean, and that's a concern, right? That, that was always it. it. North Texas went out and said, we need some guys to replace some quality dudes that have won a lot here in North Texas, right? We said, we need a Dres McBride-type dude out there, somebody that's a catch-and-shoot monster that's willing to shoot like that, but then also willing to put the ball on the floor and attack the basket, right? We need some versatility, um, you know, and it's, it hasn't been there, right? Like, Kai Huntsbury is very good, but he hasn't been consistently stretching the floor. Uh, Jaden Martinez kind of hit or miss, same kind of deal. Tyree Eady, same kind of deal. We can just chalk all this up if you want and say, well, you know, think about it, Adam. They just played uh, UTSA, a garbage defensively team, a garbage team defensively, I mean. And, you know, it's just kind of hard with you playing a team that actually plays a little defense, you know? Sure. Yeah, it was after Christmas. Okay, sure. Fine. All that stuff can happen, but you're at home, right? And then you had to win. You were up. You just have to find some better execution in those moments, and they didn't do it, right? Um, you know, was it Christmas that made Ruben Jones miss free throw, right? Christmas that made uh, you know, Martinez and, and, and uh, Huntsbury miss three down the stretch. Um, you know, is that just bad? Is that just bad luck? You know, it's just that's basketball. It's a make or miss sport. You know, you're open, you shoot it, you let it fly, it doesn't go in, and now you're the you're the goat, meaning like the the scapegoat. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it goes. I do know that. I've watched a lot of basketball. I played a little basketball myself in, in high school. I was terrible. I was not that good. But, um, I mean, say all of that to, to, to get to the point is that we're trying to figure out what the appropriate amount of, of <laughs> panic should be, I guess. Uh, but more like, you know, what? how should we think, right? What should we think about this? I think if you feel a little concerned about it, that's normal because I feel a little concerned about it. Uh, I don't see it. It's not obvious to me. And, you know, I think this is the kind of thing that other teams are going to look at and say, you know, we're going to make, we're going to leave Martinez open. We're going to leave ED open. In the, in the way that you leave anybody open, like everybody, you, you challenge every shot. But, like, we're going to sag off of those guys until they make us change our game plan. Because right now, you know, I think that, Tyler Perry and Abu Usman are the two dudes that are making, you know, making some noise. So we're going to focus our energies on those guys. And that's how it goes, guys. Um, coming up, what is it? FIU and then uh, at Western Kentucky in Bowling Green. And then uh, they go down to uh, Murfreesboro. I, your favorite uh, podcaster, We'll be at both those games. It's the value of uh, being in the Middle West. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get over there to to Bowling Green. Western's not so good. They're on a three game losing streak right now, and they lost to Rice at Diddle. Imagine that. And then uh, uh, Middle, which is pretty good, you know. But I think I think it's not quite they've been figured out. But I think teams are ready for them now. They know what to expect. They're taking them seriously. Uh, Charlotte beat them. And uh, I think 
I think it's like Western and, and, and middle play this week. I think they play Thursday. I think it is. Um, and so I, I, there's a lot there that I think you got to look at. Um, let me just double check something right now. Cause I don't want to speak out of school. Telling tales out of school, as they say. Um, what do they play? What do they play? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, okay. So they they play tomorrow, like a couple of these teams, I think. Yeah, middle, middle and western play tomorrow, or you know, the the thirty first New Year's Eve. Um, that's, you know, that'll tell us something about those teams, right? So North Texas plays uh versus FIU, four p.m. So you can get the little game in, and then you can dip out, uh, and go watch the fireworks. Uh, I don't really believe in FIU too much. They're what six and six, zero one in conference. Um, you know, like they're they leave a lot of room for error, for your error. You know, <laughs> uh, FAU handled them pretty pretty easily. It was at seven nine fifty three, and the two you know so FIU was one two in a row, but they beat Incarnate Word barely by five. And then they beat Florida College barely by five. What is Florida, Florida College? I don't know either. Um, you know, so North Texas should be a handy loss uh, in Denton. You know what I mean? So uh, for North Texas fans, if you're like, okay, well, what should we expect? You should expect a blowout, right? That's what, you know, you take every team seriously, whatever. But I'm not on the coaching staff. You're not on the coaching staff. You don't got to watch film. You don't got to worry about any of that. If you can expect North Texas to do their jobs and play better, and I think they should run FIU out the building, that's what you expect because FIU is not that great. Now, they're a conference team. They're going to play hard, et cetera, et cetera, that whole thing. And if you let them get loose, they will. You know, they're, they're happy to take whatever you give them. But uh, I think North Texas should handle their business in that game. So if they don't, well, you know, now you know what to say. Now you know what to think. Um, you know, like, uh, some other things about this, this year, and I was talking a lot about, you know, FA, FAU not being so great. Um, but I think they shot up defensive, um, efficiency for having held North Texas to 46 points. That's, that's one of those things about playing such a slow pace. So everybody looks a little bit better efficiency wise or missing wide open shots, right? You increase their efficiency. Um, but uh, as far as, like, conference-only offense, we only played two games. We blew out UTSA, which is terrible. Um, you know, so we're fourth in efficiency. FIU is last in the conference in efficiency. And, you know, like I said, they, they played FAU. Uh, they've only played the one conference game, so we played a couple more than them. So we're really just – if you're looking at any of those conference-only stats, you're looking only at the one game. Um, all right, that's about it. I mean, FIU is terrible. They're they're as terrible on uh, basketball as they are on uh, in football. Just f heads up, <laughs> FYI. Uh, but yeah, like I said, next up you can you can tune into this Middle Tennessee Western game. You can watch them both play. It'll give you an idea of what North Texas is going to experience. Uh, I think the game is in in Murfreesboro, so you're going to watch Western at Middle, and then North Texas plays at Western on Thursday the fifth. And then the seventh they'll play at middle. Um, you know, like I said, I'll be I'll be there in both arenas. I'm going to both of those games. Um, and you know, I'll let you know what's what. But that's what we have looking forward to here. There's no need to panic yet. Maybe just worry, you know? Furry furrow your brow. 
but uh, th- that's what's up, right? What what do we need? What does North Texas need? Um, one of Kai Huntsbury, Tyler Perry. I mean, not Tyler Perry. He's been balling. Jaden Martinez to to step up, right? So Huntsbury had what six points in the last two games, right? In conference games, he had fourteen against UMass, sixteen against Grand Canyon, uh, eleven against UT Arlington, but only the six total points in two games. And he played 60 minutes in total of those games. Uh, he's, what, three for eight total. You're like, uh, maybe shoot some more, right? Uh, you know, he's missing his threes. But he hadn't hit a three since Nebraska-Omaha anyway, right? So it's not like his game's been on, like, hitting threes. He's just not really getting points. Um, so, you know, that's what's happening with him. Jade Martinez, you know, similar kind of deal where he's been in single-digit points, you know, since the Nebraska Omaha game where you know he had 13 but before that he was only getting points against like a Paul Quinn before that either he really hasn't stepped up and, and found his his rhythm uh and consider that his last one two three four five six seven eight nine last nine games of his previous uh you know school he had double digits including a couple like a couple 20 point games Duke can score I don't think he's getting the scores or he's getting the looks that he is comfortable getting. So I think that has a a, a big, you know, uh, part of what's what's happening to him. Um, and, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, we still haven't seen Ruben Jones get back to his, his rhythm where he was scoring about, was it like, high single digits, right? And he'll break out against with, with a, you know, 15-point game here and there or something like that. But you can always count on him for you know, eight to 10 good points. And he had eight against Florida Atlantic, but he had nothing against UTSA. Um, and, you know, two UMass, three against Grand Canyon. Uh, he's not quite at the level that we remember him being at. He played very well, I thought, against uh, FAU in spots. Uh, but, you know, just still not not as efficient. He's not really shooting the ball as well. Um, where, you know, like he was hitting about one a game. He was taking us comfortably. Uh, last year, he hadn't hit a three since uh, Grand Canyon, and I think he's only made like a handful this year, something like three of them or something like that. Um, yeah, just not as good. Last year he made thirty-eight of them. This year, three. Uh, shooting thirteen percent. Just need some more step it upness, right? Uh, and then Tyree Edie, well, similar deal. He's been. At zero points or just one bucket made this whole season, right? And um, you know, at at his last stop at uh, when he was at North Dakota State, he was scoring. You know, he he had that like low low double digits. You know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen points a game, um, and then fifteen plus here and there. It just kind of depends. But you know, he was a scorer. He could score. You know, not really showing that as much here. Uh, his shooting percentage is down across the board. Uh, his his last year at uh, uh, North Dakota State, he shot thirty seven percent from three, thirty four of ninety. Here, twenty four percent, seven to twenty nine. It's just not really, you know, moving for everybody. That, that's really it. A lot of these shots are are in rhythm. I don't know that they're the rhythm shots that they expect, like they think that they're gonna get, or that they want to get, or that they're practice getting, or they were getting at their previous stops. Uh, you know, we we talked about this before. Some of that is just not, you know, 
you can't change it. It's just, it's just what happens, right? Um, but consider that, like, Tyler Perry shooting better from three than he was last year. Uh, last year, he shot 40%. Now he's shooting 43%, right? He's up the percentage. Um, you know, I think Tyler Perry's been about as good as you can expect him to be. Abu Usman has been about as good as you can expect him to be. Uh, you know, he's, you know, this team is good, playing defense well. You just really need one or two more baskets from Jaden, from Ruben, from Tyree, and Kai, and I think everything's just that much better, right? Like, no, you don't even need one guy just to just dominate. Just one more made basket from each of those guys, right? Just a return to them to their average, a three-point shooting percentage for each of those guys, so, you know, just a tick, and then it's just that much better. Like, one more made three from Jones, Martinez, Hunsbury, and then North Texas wins that game going away. Uh, you know, that, that's that's what needs to happen. That's what North Texas needs. I'm not super concerned about FIU. Western, they're struggling a little bit, but that's, that's in, you know, you got to take them seriously. They, they have a lot of talent. Um, Sharp's going to give Usman a little trouble and might be a fa- some foul trouble. It is on the road. Middle likes to press a ton. Uh, that, w- that would be good to see uh, the slashing Jade Martinez, you know, uh, just guys in space getting buckets. Ruben Jones is good in, in space. Um, now I didn't even mention then coming back, you got Louisiana Tech, right? Um, they're always trouble. They're not as good as they were last year. Uh, their offense just doesn't look as crisp, but they still got Kobe Williams. They still got, uh, was it Keaston Willis that do can shoot it? Uh, and they got Isaiah Crawford back. That guy's a baller. Uh, he's recovering from injury. He's not quite the same kind of dude he was last year, but he's still good. Then a return trip, right? Uh, the, the, the away fixture against, uh, Florida Atlantic little get back Saturday the 14th in January so big big month coming up big stretch coming up for North Texas basketball they get right into it if you haven't been paying attention to North Texas basketball well we're gonna help you do so um that's that's basically it ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you listening to the Mingre Nation podcast um thanks for staying up uh you know I don't know when you're listening to this game uh to this to this game to this podcast uh we are gonna do we're gonna try to mix in a couple more interviews here and there um you know as we we're a lot more settled than we were last year i mentioned last year we were moving at the time um uh, i was telling uh aldo like you know a big i I think a big thing about podcasts is being consistent so we try to be consistent every week at least that and then once we're solid and we we know that we we have our operation right we can invite other people into our operation and then and do that and we try to we try to be flexible to to one do the show that we want to do, but then also you know take some feedback, uh, constructive criticism, and then unconstructive criticism. We don't even mind your hostility. I like it. Uh, some people like saying this podcast sucks. Thanks. We know you listen. Um, all that's good. And, you know. Um, you know. So we're gonna keep doing a lot of this. I've mentioned before where we had like some interviews. You, you know, we you saw we we interviewed. Uh, uh, the great Hank Dickinson. I think a couple of those things we're gonna start. Let's say start, but uh, reintroducing some of the members only kind of perks, this and that stuff that I've hinted at. We've actually done a couple of those things before, but just be a little bit more upfront about how we're doing it. So like a members only feed where you can get just the interviews or just some audio. Like before, when I interviewed Eric Morris, we just released that only to members, like the audio version of it. It was on there. You just grab the link and listen to the terrible interview audio notes. Um, but, uh, stuff like that, right? 
uh, like the first glimpse of that kind of thing, uh, that'll be there. Um, you know, trying to balance it out, uh, you know, show some, some, some support to the people who support beinggreennation.com. Uh, if you are interested in the NIL thing that we're, we're organizing with a couple of other people, subscribe to the newsletter. Um, you know, that last newsletter email, that was actually not from me. That was from our guy, uh, a professional, you know, uh, communications person. Can you believe it? Uh, so a lot of stuff is happening on that front too. Uh, but you know, we're here to talk about the, the, the stuff, the sports that we like and talk about it in a smart way. I mean, we can, we can be, you know, uh, <laughs> we save the reactions for, I mean, some, sometimes on Twitter, but like mostly in the living room, like what, God dang it. What was that? Can't be like, what to put in the basket. And then, you know, we get on there and say like, you know, the smart stuff that we say, at least that we think that we say. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see y'all in 2023. Go mean green.